What's up, Rams fans? This is Kenneth Arthur back to you again with another episode of the Turf Show Times podcast. Today, I'm going to preview the New York Giants for you one more time, just in case you haven't heard it or if you did hear it once already. If you went to Turf Show Times, read everything you need to know about the New York Giants, then certainly you can get a lot of information there. But I'm going to dive deeper into the numbers in today's short podcast episode probably keeping it to 10 or 15 minutes. By the time you listen to this, well, you can just look at the timeline and you'll know how long it is. I don't have that luxury, but I know that I'm going to be able to give you information on the Giants, DVOA from football outsiders, some advanced stats on the New York Giants. We're going to talk about the roster, the coaches. I'm going to do all of that for you here in the next 15 minutes. So please stay tuned, subscribe, and check out tomorrow on Saturday, the Last Minute Thoughts podcast with Rob and JB as JB Long and Robert Finn from Turf Show Times will give their last minute thoughts on the Giants and the Rams leading into week six. So please subscribe and tune in for that. Why should you listen to this? Well, I tell you, no one's going to give it to you as honestly as I am. No one's going to give it to you as straightforward as I am, as I have been accused many times before here at Turf Show Times. I don't even have a bias for the Rams, right? Well, that's not true. I do like the Rams. I am a Rams fan, and I don't know if that needed to be said, but I don't know who else in their life has spent every morning and every night for the last two years thinking about the Rams, and maybe that was a shift from where I was before in my life, but I'm telling you, I love this team, I love these players, I'm rooting for the Rams every week, I'm rooting for the Rams to win the NFC West and the Super Bowl, so if you had any doubts about that, I suppose they should be quelled now, but let's get into the Los Angeles Rams as they look to get to 5-1 and one against the New York Giants. I would call that probable. The Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL, in my opinion, and in the opinion of the standings. New York is one and four, the worst record in the NFC East, and just one game better than the Detroit Lions, who are 0-5 there with Jared Goff. And so the, the Giants right now are the second worst team in the NFC. We'll see how that plays out. But when you look at the games that they have played so far, losing by two touchdowns to a Denver Broncos team with Teddy Bridgewater, that I don't think should beat anybody by two touchdowns. Losing to a Washington football team that I think is massively overrated for some people, and I think Washington will be picking in the top 10 next year. Losing to the Atlanta Falcons, another team that seems to be headed for the top 10 and then when they played the Cowboys, the best team that they have faced this year, the Giants lost 44-20, to just dominated. Now, that game did see Mike Glennon come in, but Daniel Jones wasn't going to lead the Giants to a win over the Cowboys, as New York's defense also gave up 515 total yards a season high to the Dallas Cowboys, 314 passing yards, 201 rushing yards. The Giants rank 31st in yards per drive allowed, 29th in points per drive allowed, 29th in yards allowed, period, 28th in yards per carry allowed, 24th in net yards per pass attempt allowed. Thank you, profootballreference.com, for constantly giving me this information for free. 
I do have a subscription to Stathead. So that allows me, that allows them to make a little bit of money and that allows me access to more stats, which I use constantly at Turf Show Times. So thank you to Pro Football Reference and uh, thank you for listening to me talk about myself. The Giants do not bring a ton of talent to the football field this year, but they do bring a lot of it, right? So that's kind of, uh, I messed that sentence up, that sent those sentences up, I would say. They are contradictory. Uh, and like I said, no one's going to give it to you more straightforward and blatant than I am. I'll call myself out for the lies. I'll call myself out for the bullshit. So who else is doing that? And especially given that this is a one-person podcast, the worst podcast format really that there is, is one person talking at you, I think. Uh, or this should have somebody else on it. But I don't have anyone here with me to talk about the New York Giants. And so instead, I'm giving you two personalities. Uh, the Giants may probably will not have Saquon Barkley. That's looking uh, not probable as Saquon Barkley hurt his ankle last week. He wasn't doing that well uh, overall. Anyway, the truth is that coming back from his ACL injury it could take him a while to get back up to speed as Saquon Barkley. He was averaging just 3.6 yards per carry. A lot of that has to do with the Giants offense, Daniel Jones, the offensive line, uh, Jason Garrett, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The, the fact is, I just don't think that the Giants are going to be looking like anything like the same team in a year from now. I don't think Joe Judge is going to be the head coach. I don't know if Dave Gettleman will be the general manager. The Giants were 31st in scoring last year. And now all of a sudden, yeah, their offense, oh, it's a tiny bit better. And yet they are now much worse on defense. So how the New York Giants reconcile that, I don't know. They're just going to go from parting with Com Tom Coughlin after the 2015 season, got less than two seasons out of Ben McAdoo before going to former Rams head coach Steve Spagnuolo on an interim basis. And then Pat Shermer hired in 2018. He only lasted two years. And now you've got Joe Judge. And this season seems to be worse than any season from Pat Shermer, maybe worse than any season from Ben McAdoo. It's only five games, but the Giants are just playing so poorly over at Football Outsiders, which they've put their DVOA behind a paywall. I don't know if you know that or not. I've been using D uh, Football Outsiders since they started, since its inception. And it was always free and uh, good for them. It's time for everybody to get paid. So uh, good for them putting that stuff behind the paywall. But just in case you didn't know, this is some exclusive content, guys. Uh, DVOA, it's not, that it's not that expensive. It's not that exclusive. Uh, DVOA. The New York Giants ranked 23rd overall. If you don't know, defense adjusted value over average. Just sort of giving a little bit of an opinion from Football Outsiders' point of view as far as when a play is a positive play or a negative play, and it's very simple. It's very mathematic. Uh, it takes out the human element, which I think is an, uh, something that actually not enough doesn't get enough credit. For all those people out there on Twitter or whatever who just give you the stats... It's not good to take out the human element completely, and you should at least acknowledge that when you talk about analytics. You shouldn't just say analytics are right. You should say analytics are one uh, a one tool. You know, analytics are a tool, but you need the human element. You need your eyeballs. You need logic and context. How can we all, as a uh, race of people, uh, forget about context? 
when we're talking about anything. So I like to look at context. So human element matters a ton and being logical and using your brain to put context around a number is very important to do. So uh, the Giants do rank 23rd overall in DVOA, 15th offensively, 26th defensively. So by DVOA, they aren't quite as bad, but they're still very bad, but they aren't quite as bad as some of the total numbers. And this was a Giants defense that held the Rams to 17 points last season, a 17-9 win for the Rams. I look at the Giants defense. I see that they really don't have a lot that I would say is like, okay, this is a cornerstone piece, or this is a player on defense who you would expect to be here in three years. I mean, you could always say that, but whether or not those particular names have done anything yet to prove it remains to be seen. There's a lot of players where you look at like Leonard Williams and we can say at this point, yeah, Leonard Williams, three, four years, whether it's with the Giants or somebody else, he should be a, pr a pretty good, if not really good player in the NFL. Uh, James Bradbury, cornerback for the Giants, was on the Panthers, left in free agency. And since he signed with the Giants last year, has been a very solid cornerback, a true, I'm not going to say a true number one, but like, you know, he's uh, definitely a guy that you can rely to cover somebody on the other team. And that's what James Bradbury has been. He is 28 years old. So if I would think like, oh, is he going to be on the Giants in three years at that level? That's a very tough thing to do at cornerback, as we've seen with countless other examples who bounce around the league after 30. Austin Johnson is another veteran and he has three sacks at the defensive tackle position, which is almost as many as he had his entire career leading up to this. Johnson is 27. He's had five years prior to this. And uh, so that's been an interesting development. It's been less surprising to see that from rookie Aziz Ojulari, an outside linebacker out of Georgia, who's a second round pick, but considered to be like a very uh, good pass rushing prospect. And immediately he has three sacks in his first five games, but the Rams have allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL and the Giants don't have anyone else on the roster other than Aziz Ojulari and Austin Johnson, who has more than two sacks. Leonard Williams has one and a half. Uh, there is a lack of pass rushing threat from the Giants other than a rookie who we still don't really know a whole lot about. So looking at that, it just sort of starts to feel like Probably it's not coming this year other than from where we're already seeing it. And probably Austin Johnson's not going to have 15 sacks, right? So you might not see a lot more uh, sacks from Austin Johnson. You might see more from Leonard Williams, but Leonard Williams is also more of like an eight or nine sack type player. And sacks aren't the end-all be-all by any means. It does, however, give some slight indication of the fact that, you know, New York isn't providing a ton of pressure up front with its front seven and being in a, you know, a 3-4 uh, defense, you wouldn't expect that kind of thing from, uh, say, Leonard Williams. So when you look at the other linebackers like Lorenzo Carter or O'Shane Jimenez, uh, anyone other than Aziz Ojolari, it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. And so this Sunday against the Rams, I wouldn't think that Matthew Stafford is in any danger um, in terms of getting sacked more than one or two times, and maybe it's not that consequential. I just don't really think that is going to be an issue. Looking at the Rams matching up 
with the Giants uh, in terms of that receiver. I think, again, this is probably a good advantage for L.A. As you would say that, again, James Bradbury, you know, he can cover a guy, and that's that's all well and good. The Giants also have Adoree Jackson, who you probably remember maybe from the, uh, the first round a little while ago with the Tennessee Titans out of USC. He's a perfectly okay cornerback. Darnay Holmes was a fourth-round pick last year, has shown some promise. Uh, the Giants did lose sixth-round rookie Rodarius Williams to a torn ACL recently. Uh, Keon Crossin is another uh, guy back there. But overall, there's not a ton of cornerback talent behind James Bradbury and to some degree, Adoree Jackson. And so when you look at Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, you see a lot of uh, potentially favorable matchups and and Van Jefferson, of course, too. So, you know, maybe this is going to be a week for Van Jefferson. We haven't heard as much from him recently, so I think that could be possible. And then looking at the safeties, uh, the Giants have Jabril Peppers, although he has been injured recently. Logan Ryan, who, Ryan, who's been injured recently. And uh, the backups, like Julian Love is a safety that uh, would probably be a player taken advantage of to the same degree that, say, uh, Taylor Rapp might be taken advantage of with the Rams. So take that for what it's worth. The Giants did spend a second-round pick on Xavier McKinney last year, uh, the safety, and he you know, he hasn't had a ton of an impact at this point. So uh, not really much to say there. They're also without their defensive captain, inside linebacker Blake Martinez. He's uh, replaced by Tay Crowder, Mr. Irrelevant in last year's draft, although he has proven to be you know, a uh, at least a rostered NFL player, one who's kind of thrust into this role maybe earlier than expected, and he's not going to be the best inside linebacker. So uh, that's another area where maybe you see some Tyler Higby, maybe you see some runs up the middle of Sony Michelle and uh, Daryl Henderson. So uh, there's a lot of potential advantage there, I think, on New York's defense because you know, for a for a, uh, a side of the ball that last year a lot of people were. Uh, uh, commending and praising defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and what he had done there uh, with last year's team because it seemed to be that the Giants were not anywhere near a playoff caliber team and then because the NFC East is so bad they almost made the playoffs and people think oh this is like a good defense oh you know and then you just start thinking like you start confusing an underrated defense with a good defense because everybody was discount the Giants as being a as a team of of really worry or concern or the playoffs or anything like that so everyone kind of discounted them and then when you rail realize that their their defense was okay then all of a sudden people said oh the defense is good well it probably wasn't good right you know to be have a good defense there's no way you can have a good defense in my estimation without having one player at least who makes you go wow they got that guy and that is not leonard williams leonard williams is not that guy so there's not anybody on the giants where you go on their defense oh wow they got that guy oh you know the bears have khalil mack you know so no matter what else the Bears do, you know, they have Khalil Mack. The Broncos have, you know, in addition to a lot of other good defensive players, Von Miller. The Rams have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. The Cardinals have Chandler Jones. And, you know, even if J.J. Watt wasn't what he once was, you know, J.J. Watt is still, uh, you know, draws a lot of attention and is a very good player. And, and you know, Chandler Jones, uh, he had all the sacks in week one, so he hasn't been as as much of that, but they're seeing, you know, with players like Buda Baker and Byron Murphy and Isaiah Simmons, that it's like, it's not hard to identify like really talented players 
on that team. The 49ers have Nick Bosa and, and more and, and Fred Warner probably uh, maybe even better than Nick Bosa and the Seahawks have Bobby Wagner, but they don't have anything else. Uh, and you look around and you just say like, yeah, great, you know, good defenses have a great, have a, have a great player. And the giants, I don't think they have that showing for them where you just go like, wow, they have that guy. Uh, maybe one of these younger players is that guy and we just don't know it yet, but that's what I would see when I look at the giants defense. And then when you look at the offense, uh, I can't believe that anybody uh, is actually in New York thinking that Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback, but apparently that's where they're at with Daniel Jones, uh, who has four touchdowns and five starts last year. He had 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and 14 starts. Um, I think that when you don't watch good quarterback play for many, many years, you start to believe that this is good quarterback play. I saw this almost exact thing happen with the Titans and Marcus Mariota a few years ago. Uh, some people got very upset over in Tennessee that I said Marcus Mariota is not a starting quality player. They said that I was the stupidest uh, person. I got dragged on Twitter for it. I do. I, nobody, not that many people were defending me. I'll tell you that much. And I haven't gotten any apology tweets, uh, from that particular blogger. Uh, I haven't gotten any apology emails from that particular blogger at that Titans blog. So, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe Marcus Mariota has been really great. And I, I, I've been watching a different NFL. Well, Daniel Jones, maybe I'm watching a different NFL, uh, maybe when you just don't see a good quarterback for a long time, you start to trick yourself. And look, again, maybe Daniel Jones is good in th three years or even two years. Um, but I I'm looking at what I'm looking at. I, I don't see really like huge uh, complementary problems with regards. I'm not saying that New York has a great offensive line. I'm not saying that they've had great wide receivers, uh, but I see worse quarterbacks doing more with a lot less. And so Daniel Jones having four touchdowns in five games, you can't have a three touchdown game. I mean, again, I can see, and I think touchdowns are overrated, but at the end of the day, you got to score. And most teams have realized that you probably got to score through the air. And so when you have four touchdowns and you're 30th in the red zone, and, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, are you sure you're not just overrating the good plays and calling them great plays and that you're ignoring some of the uh, mediocre plays and the bad plays? Uh, just because Daniel Jones has one interception, you also need to score. And I think what people don't always take into account is if I say, hey, look, oh, that quarterback played mistake-free football, you're thinking, oh, the only thing that is a mistake is a turnover. The only thing that could possibly be a mistake is like an interception, a bad throw, a fumble, uh, that those are the only things that are mistakes. No, I mean, a quarterback can also overlook a wide open receiver, uh, call the wrong audible, call the wrong play, make the wrong decision, hold on the ball, hold on to the ball for too long, throw it too fast. You know, there are so many things that a quarterback can do to make mistakes. And if you only have four touchdowns, in five starts, and you only have 15 touchdowns in the last two, you know, one and a half seasons, not even one and a half. If you only have, you know, 14 touchdowns or uh, 15 touchdowns in your last 19 games, you're making mistakes all of the time. Always. You've got Kenny Galladay, 
I mean, Kenny Galladay may be out this week, but he's had him for pretty much the whole season. Kenny Galladay, uh, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley. Like, if you can't, if you have these players and you have four, you've produced four passing touchdowns in the modern NFL. Again, I just, I, I'm, I was surprised to find out that the Giants see Daniel Jones as a franchise player. But here we are, and uh, that franchise player will face off against the Matthew Stafford franchise player. Uh, and I guess we'll evaluate this Sunday what makes a franchise quarterback as the Rams go to face the Giants in the Meadowlands and uh, MetLife Stadium. So that happens this Sunday. Make sure to stay tuned for Saturday's episode of the Last Minutes Podcast with Rob and JB. I believe the Rams will win this game if you're looking for a prediction. Uh, so that's what I would put it at. If the line is at 10 points, I would take the Rams with uh, the negative 10 points. I think that the Rams are uh, much better. So that's it for this episode of the Rams Giants preview. Make sure to check out Turf Show Times. Follow on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there's plenty of content going up there all the time and always, of course, at turfshowtimes.com.